Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back. It's your Friday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. It's Douglas Maurice. It's Nathan Baird. It's Stephen Means, your Cleveland.com coverage team. And, you know, sometimes going in and I like to send into the weekend with like a very specific kind of thing, like something meaty to hold on to for three days. That's ah, not this. But we have some more things to cover. And next week is going to be the reset of all resets. And then that's going to be all of us together figuring out what's next. And later on in this podcast, I will reveal what I'm going to give you next week, whether you want it or not. So prepare yourself for that. Because sometimes I don't care what the listeners want. I only care what I want. And so at some point next week, I'm going to give you what I would like to, uh, what I would like you to hear. But for now, Nathan, Stephen, and Doug, I would like to talk about, off the top, Justin Fields. And I would like to talk about that what has happened with this guy in the time since the Big Ten canceled college sports for the fall. And I would like to do it through this question from a tech subscriber. From the 321. Justin Fields is showing tremendous leadership in fighting against the cancellation. Are you surprised by this? So he was on ESPN, then he was on Good Morning America. Nathan, you watched the Good Morning America appearance. Is that right? Um, some of it, yeah. And you, you, you saw Close what he said, though, right? You saw, Correct. You saw his quotes. Yes. Um, what do you think of the starting quarterback of Ohio State going on a national morning news program? to talk about something like this? I think it's good positioning by him. I think he knows how much, and probably Ohio State knows also, how much they can get out of an appearance like that. You can do just a few minutes on a national program like that and make a big impact, really spread your message in a way that you can't by even just talking to the 400 people that cover Ohio State football on a, a Zoom call or whatever. And I, I, I think, I don't want to, Make, I don't want this to sound cynical, but I, I, I think Ohio State, with all the things it's trying to accomplish, whether that was trying to get football played this fall, whether it's trying to get their, their preferred 
model for the second semester schedule that, that's coming up. I think Ohio State is smart to let him be out there or kind of help facilitate him being out in front and being kind of one of the faces of this. I think also, too, when, when this initially happened, Trevor Lawrence was out front and maybe there's some competitiveness there. And, and Justin wanted to to be involved in that conversation in a more public way, too, because I think Trevor Lawrence is getting a lot of attention for that. I'm not saying that's the only reason why he did it, but I think, you know, with the, the those guys are on parallel um, tracks always, always compared to each other. So uh, I think him getting out there and being a bigger part of the conversation is is important or, or potentially beneficial for him for things later on down, the, you know, professional opportunities down the line. So we know that he started the petition. We know he's done two national TV appearances like this. Stephen, why do you think he's doing this? Why do you think he is has been disinvolved in this um, as opposed to either just kind of thinking about what's next, what's the next step in his career, or as opposed to maybe thinking all these things, maybe really wanting to fight for a season, but deciding I'm just not going to be quite as out front. Why do you think Justin Fields has, has taken this track? Yeah, I think he's been really impacted by his 18 months that he's been in Columbus because I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm a little shocked he's doing all this. Um, this guy is going to be a top 10 draft pick. And it's, it's, it's this situation for him specifically is very similar to what Chase Young was going through when he got suspended, where Chase Young could very easily have said, all right, I'm done with this. I'm going to go prepare for the NFL draft. And no one would have looked at him like he was crazy because he was going to be a top three draft pick. But Chase Young at least committed here out of high school. He chose Ohio State out of high school and was always a Buckeye. Justin Fields transferred into here after a year at Georgia. And I remember the first time we got to talk to him and kind of the vibe he gave off and the way he was answering questions. It's, I am not here because of Ohio State. I am here because I watched Ryan Day turn my friend into a first-round draft pick, a Heisman Trophy winner, and throw 50 touchdown passes in a season. And I think he can do that exact same thing for me. It doesn't matter that he just so happens to be at this school. That had nothing to do with it. And over the last 18 months, so that kid that we talked to that day, that kid definitely is just looking at all this and going, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to go prepare for the NFL draft. But he's gotten to Ohio State. He's taken some initiative. He's wanted to be a captain. He thought he could have been a captain last year, but he'd only been here for nine months, so that's not reasonable. He's a captain on this team now, and he feels like he's a leader on this team. And something has impacted him to where he feels a connection to this school that I don't think any of us thought he was going to feel. We looked at this as, okay, this is just a business decision for him. He's not really connected here, but he has clearly gotten connected as if he was just a member of the 2018 recruiting class. How do you think his, he has changed at all in the eyes of Ohio State fans? Do you think whether he – well, this is like a big if. We can't just say, well, whether he ever plays for Ohio State again or not. I mean, that's like a huge if. Yeah. You know, if he, if he gets to play – in a January season and puts up huge stats and leads them to a great record. Obviously that's going to be a a huge deal. Um, But I would think that Nathan, I think, you know, this, what he's done in the last 10 days, I think is some part of how people will remember him. Do you agree with that? Or do you think in the end, he's just an amazingly skilled quarterback? and, And of course that's what people will remember the most. Or do you think this is a somewhat, important and memorable part of his Ohio State legacy, the way he's conducted himself in the face of a fall cancellation. Yeah, obviously, if this is sort of the last impression, I think it's a good one. Um, I think it also is going to add to 
sort of that lingering, what did we miss by not getting to see another year of Justin Fields? Because he is sort of coming into his own as a leader, what we've seen here. We saw it, I thought, from during that captain's teleconference that we had a couple weeks ago, or I, I, I know the dates all run together at this point. It could have been six months ago. It could have been yesterday. I don't really know. But recently we talked to them. Um, all the captains and I and we we saw something different out of him that day we saw um, a little bit more um, I don't know if confidence is the right word but just being comfortable I thought in in this role and and just a little bit more candor a little bit more openness I thought all those things were going to be things that were going to help Ohio State on the field this year help him on the field this year so I think seeing him kind of take this leadership role um, this is obviously a time where another factor in in why he decided to approach this this way might be that he looks around and says well this is what the quarterback is supposed to do the second year starting quarterback and a captain and a guy who was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy I'm supposed to stand up and say these things and be out front and lead my team and kind of speak for my team and speak for maybe even beyond that so I, I think it's just a guy who's very comfortable being the, the player we've seen him become, the guy we've seen him become, the leader we've seen him become and, and that I think is going to add to Ohio State fans sort of frustra frustration or sadness that they didn't get to see what that would mean on the field if that never happens. Okay, so I, I want to I go off on a little tangent here for a moment, just the way you spoke about that, Nathan. As we sit here on Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and again, this is your Friday Buckeye Talk, when you are just sort of thinking about things, and when, Nathan, when you're just answering a question like that, and of course at the moment, until – the Big Ten presents a plan of what might be next until we see how things go the next couple months. We're not going to know. But I think there's like an assumption that seeps into your thought process, right? As we sit here, Stephen, start with you. Are you behaving and thinking as if we'll never see Justin Fields play for Ohio State again? Or are you kind of assuming that we're going to see him in some kind of January season? And of course we don't know. So don't, Nathan, no caveats. <laughs> I want an answer of, of your intrinsic, almost subconscious assumptions. And, if, and I don't want people spelling out, well, we have to, we get it. We know all the caveats. What's your body telling you? Buckeye talk, what's your body telling you? What is your, what just... What is, the, what is your soul? What are the vibes in the air? What's the aura? Just when you catch yourself thinking about it, do you think to yourself, yeah, I'm going to see him play for Ohio State again or no? Steven first. Yeah, I think so because he wouldn't be doing all of this if he didn't really want to play for Ohio State. And so if the opportunity is available, even if it is in January, if it's in January, yes, I think we see him again. And you think your body is telling you that at the moment you do think that the opportunity will be in January. Yeah, because this is a lot to just go, yeah, I'm out at this point. He's, okay. too, he's too invested. Nathan, what is Steven's body telling you? I mean, Nathan, what is your body telling you? <laughs> <Where's> my, body? <laughs> uh, my body's telling me that we probably have seen him play for the last time. And because only because we've, we've seen him make the business decision before. And I think the business decision here would be to do what other players have done and opt out. I think there's just a lot of, of risk here um, beyond just what is usually the risk that you have from playing football. And I think the smarter decision would be not to play, even if it's a January start to the season. However, I'm oh, not as oh, confident. Oh, 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 
here comes I'm not, the I'm not as confident. My body's not screaming that at me the way it might have before just by watching him do this. I, I will say, though, to Stephen's point, saying I, I think the fact that he fought this hard for the fall doesn't necessarily make me think he's definitely coming back for the spring. It might have been the incentive to fight harder for the fall because he knows he can't come back in the winter, spring, whatever, or, 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 or probably won't. Yeah, yeah that's but if, what, I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he do Good Morning America after Kevin? No, that was before. No, Never mind. it was before. Yeah, sorry. Everything's happening at the same time. I'm at this point. So that, I think, is an interesting point. It's like, why is he setting, fighting so hard for the fall? Maybe because he knows that's the only way he'll ever play for Ohio State again, that his college football career is over if they don't somehow rescind the fall. And maybe that's it. And there are some people, and we've talked about this a lot, we don't want to go over old ground, but some people are sort of fighting more for transparency and for answers and for data than they are even fighting for the fall anymore. Justin seemed pretty focused on the fall, right? And, and it's like, well, why is he so focused? Well, because he's the leader, because he's grown into the role, but maybe because like, this is my only way to play. I think that's an interesting point you say, Nathan. I have become very attuned to my body, I will say. My body and I are much more in sync than we used to be in the past. I still, I still do terrible things to my body. Just in our defense, you've gotten to know your body a lot longer than we have gotten to know ours. True. Yeah. I know every creak. I know every ache. And my body still is telling me that he's going to play in January. But uh, that might be more my body than my brain. Because I think the thing that, that you've explained, Nathan, it's like he's really passionate about the fall. And, and maybe that would be why. And we're not, we're not saying – we're not guessing. There's no, there's no point in guessing. It's just, uh, it's just sort of what we're assuming. But I do realize that much of what I'm saying, because I'm pretty, I'm, I'm not pretty, I'm enthusiastic about the fall idea. I'm not fall. I'm enthusiastic about the January plan, and I have been from the start. And part of that is an assumption, perhaps unwarranted, but an assumption on my part that it would include Justin Fields. And we've said that before. I mean, how, how would you describe Stephen? Just, I mean, you're a writer. You're a man of words. You're a uh, speaker. Just explain however you want to explain it, Stephen, the difference between a January season with Justin Fields for Ohio State and a January season without Justin Fields. Uh, and everybody, not, no, not, don't throw Wyatt Davis into your answer. Don't throw Josh Myers or Chris Olave. Let's just say that whatever anybody else is going to do, they're doing it no matter what. The only difference is Justin Fields, yes, or Justin Fields, no. How much of a difference is that? If Justin Fields plays, Ohio State's going undefeated in January. If he doesn't play, if they play eight games, they might lose three of them because now you're, if you're having a competition between a true freshman quarterback who just got done playing a full season of, college, of high school football one month before he showed up on campus, and then two guys who are technically in the second year in the program, but not really because they didn't have a spring, they really didn't have a fall, and now they didn't have a season. So – you're throwing in and just hoping one of those guys sticks and that they're good enough to, you know, things don't look too bad. Like when you threw Braxton Miller in there and they lost a bunch of games. How would you describe it, Nathan? Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we've already talked about this, even just in relation to the fall, when we were talking about kind of the, the, the opt-out question, I think Ohio state with Justin Fields is a national championship team. I think Ohio state without Justin Fields is not a national championship team. They can't win a national championship without Justin Fields with the rest of the talent on this roster. But we don't think. think that, but we're talking about January, so right. But I. I but again, I, I think that they become um, a, a lot more. I wouldn't. I guess ordinary might be the right word without Justin Fields. Um, I, I don't know that I think that those the true freshmen or Gunnar Hoke can go in and 
and run the table even through a Big Ten schedule the way Justin Fields can. They don't win the Big Ten. Forget not being a national championship team. They're probably not winning the Big Ten. That's too much of a drop off that quarterback. Are they really a better team than Penn State if Justin Fields isn't playing? You know Penn State's best player left, right? Their best defensive player left. Their best player. He's their best player. I'm not saying he's as important as Justin Fields. They lost their best player. If you ask Penn State, who would you rather lose, Sean Clifford or Micah Parsons? I think they'd say we'd rather lose Sean Clifford, and we'll figure it out. If you know you have to play Ohio State to win the Big Ten Championship, would you trade Micah Parsons for Justin Fields and go head-to-head with him? I think you would. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Not, uh, not, yes, I mean, would. just taking them both. Taking – we lose if this guy. You, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like sacrificing your queen or whatever. And I guess you don't really sacrifice your queen in chess. I'm not very good at chess. <laughs> if anybody – anyone who's just tuning in. <laughs> just take this one. This is – yeah, just take this big, tall piece. I don't know what she does. So now I'll tell you what, now you both have piqued my interest. I swear I am on a mission to get Ohio State fans to care about January football. And again, I'm going to tell you later why. But my answer would have been, yeah, there's such a, there's such a difference between the two, obviously. One feels real to me and one would not feel as real. But now I find myself disagreeing with the idea that like Ohio State's going to lose three games because Justin Fields is gone, and that's not underestimating Justin Fields' impact. I just think maybe you guys are underestimating the gap that still exists between Ohio State and everybody else. But now I think that's a mission. I mean, like, again, you can spin that. Now I would be super intrigued to see – you know, if if most of the other rosters say stay pretty much the same and it's not a massive opt-out of the 60 best players in the Big Ten, if you just take Justin Fields off Ohio State, can Ohio State beat Penn State? Can Ohio State beat Michigan? Well, didn't we – we discussed this, right? I think when, yeah. when, when Steve was on vacation, you and I had this conversation about um, what percentage of Ohio State's national championship chances – were because of Justin Fields. So I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. But I think the important difference here is that that team would not play Clemson or Alabama. We were talking about a Big Ten schedule. That, okay, yeah, that's Clemson fair. and Alabama playing in the fall. I, I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about Gunnar Hoke and Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud against Bama. I'm talking about against Penn State and Michigan and Indiana and Michigan State and Northwestern and everybody else. That – and that, I think, that almost makes – I mean, is it reverse thinking? So, so now, now I'm all excited. Now I'm all excited it's, because now I, I, I think we have a debate. Can I respond to this real quick? This is the same man who said Ohio State was going to go 9-3 and three with Justin Fields last season. And he had a little bit of college football experience. You're telling me they lose Justin Fields and they're starting a quarterback with absolutely no college football experience. And they no Chase Young and no Jeff Okuda. And no Chase Young and no Jeff Okuda. And, you know, a lot, a lot of Malik, no Malik Harrison and no J.K. Dobbins. And this team is, going to, is not going to lose three games. So, valid point. Valid point. Thanks for throwing nine and three in my face. Just like <laughs> Always every freaking texter and every listener on this podcast is going to do until the end of time. So, my rebuttal is A, Ryan Day is not also new. And I think my rationale was a com- combination of new coach and new quarterback. B, Micah Parsons is out. Rondale Moore is out. 
Jalen Mayfield, Michigan's best offensive lineman, is out. Um, other teams are also weakened, right? So that is part of it. Um, but I think you you do make a good point. It is a little bit contradictory that I didn't believe in Justin Fields and Ryan Day, knowing that Justin Fields was talented, but that I would just thought it would take some time. Um, but I somehow think that Jack Miller or CJ Stroud would be able to come in and do it. But my argument is, I think I would reverse the argument. Boy, see, we fight. Don't give up Ohio state fans. God, why would you give up and just be like, Oh, well, like, I know it stinks, but let's like stay connected to this. Uh, stay connected to it because there are ways for it to be interesting. Tell me, like, what is the path? We don't know who Michigan's starting quarterback is. Sean Clifford is, okay, I don't know, whatever. Sean Clifford, you know, Purdue has a new starting quarterback and Rondale Moore, they're not playing Minnesota or Wisconsin in the regular season. So, so tell me, Steven, since you said three losses, Tell me what you would see, and I'm not asking you to be an expert in all the other teams in the Big Ten, but but give me a little more info on why you think three other teams would be able to take advantage of Ohio State playing a new quarterback when you still think about the other things that Ohio State would have in place that might be better than what those teams have. Knowing what we would know in that situation and knowing that Sean Wade's definitely not playing, his dad's made it very clear that if it's no fall season, Sean Wade's out. But also now you don't have Justin Fields, and there are still questions about the secondary. That gets ex- exposed by somebody. I don't know, maybe Minnesota. I don't know. Somebody exposes. They don't play Minnesota. Or, they don't play Minnesota. I, right, or I don't know who they're going to play yet. Yeah, we don't. We don't know yet. They might. They might. You know, finagle something. But more importantly, C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller, more, most likely, because they're not going to put Kyle McCord out there four weeks after you finish the season. They're just not ready yet. And they make some mistakes in those early games because that's their first real in-game rep. And whoever that first or second Big Ten team is is able to take advantage of it, and it just spirals down from there. Who? 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 What Big Ten team? Either Penn State or Michigan, which would probably be Penn State first, or even Indiana because Michael Penix is still playing right now. I'm not throwing Nebraska out there ever again. I, I will never, ever pick them. But just somebody with a solid enough quarterback is able to take advantage of the fact that Ohio State's quarterback is just not ready. The same way Virginia Tech took advantage of the fact that JT Barrett was just not ready that week. Except it spirals after that. It doesn't – there's not an upward climb after that. Nathan, are you in on that? Do you agree to with me, most of that reasoning? Well, to me, it's not necessarily that Ohio State, like, plummets into some abyss of lack of talent just from losing Justin Fields, but it's – and and, and – uh, Steven smartly brings up Sean Wade also being absent from the equation, but it's that you just, it eliminates pretty much all of your margin for error right now. This is a team with a considerably high built-in margin for error because of what it can do on offense week in and week out. And that gets changed considerably without Justin Fields. I think it just makes them more vulnerable to have more games that are decided at the end of a game. And, and that just becomes a toss up against some of the better teams on the schedule. I mean, just go look at who they were supposed to play, but, Penn State, we've already mentioned. Michigan, you've already mentioned. Um, you know, Iowa was still someone that's respected within nationally, and, and they've got talent there if they can get around their mess. I mean, th- there's there's other teams on this schedule that are like, you know, top 15, top 20 caliber teams. And I, I guess the way I look at it, if Ohio State without Justin Fields 
stylistically they're not the same, but in terms of like talent, it brings them back down to more of like a Wisconsin-ish level of talent. They, they're still talented across the f- field, and they can still beat a lot of teams. They're still a really strong football team, but they are not as scary. Now, I will say this, because Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson know what they're doing when it comes to offensive game planning. I could see a world where they look at Kerry Combs and they look at Al Washington and Larry Johnson and Greg Madison and go, listen, we're going to rely on your de- on the defense and we are just going to have a game management on offense where we're just going to play the possession game. That, it's going to be low that scoring. That makes it better this year? It, just because you don't have the type of quarterback who can who's ready – to be scoring 50 points per game. We think it's an eight-game season for January, right? Isn't that what we like when you're theorizing about it? Right. Okay. Um, I am calling you guys uh, five and three, Steven, and five and three, Nathan. (laughs) I'm nine and three, Doug. I think about three losses. I I, I lose to one of those teams and maybe lose the Big Ten. And that's my point. The the, the margin for error for them to lose to any single game is is almost nothing not against Rutgers not against the the very bottom of the Big Ten but against anybody that's good against all those like top 20 caliber teams that the Big Ten might have this year um and we don't know who they would play as far as a crossover we don't know so um I think a game against Indiana becomes more in play without Justin Fields obviously than it does with Justin Fields with Justin Fields I don't Indiana I don't think threatens Ohio State at all I think the only reason I said three losses is because I don't think any other team is talented enough to go undefeated in that type of schedule, but Ohio state. So if they're not going to do it, then that means they would have to have more than one loss to not win the big 10. I, it makes me want to I'm not, I want to see it. I want to see it. I'd rather see Justin Fields. Yeah. But that's a, that's a thing now that would intrigue me about a non fields January season, even though my body has been telling me that it will include Justin Fields. All right, more from my body can right we, after this. Slip, um, can, what? can I slip one thing in real quick? I just The other thing to remember here is I Buckeye think – talk. Can I slip one thing in real quick? Go ahead. That goes on the non-sequitur. Yeah, I'll put that on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know before we're talking about this just in terms of Justin Fields leaving, but I do wonder, Justin Fields' decision, does that influence other decisions that guys on this roster make? If Justin Fields stays, do more guys stay? And if Justin Fields decides he's leaving, do other guys decide to leave too? If you were Wyatt Davis or Chris Olave or Josh Myers, would it? If you were them, Nathan, if you were them, would it? Uh, it maybe. If I were yeah, Chris, because maybe. because you aren't because if if you don't think that it's what you were saying before about why these players from some of these other teams do opt out. The best players on some of these other teams do opt out because they don't see a realistic chance at like a championship acquisition. And, and what are they really playing for? So why risk it? That may be the math that Ohio state players do at that point. If there's no Justin Fields in the equation and no Sean Wade in the equation, Steven, I think Chris Olave maybe just because I mean, Chris well, Olave, which way? would Go. probably opt out too, just because a lot of times wide receivers are so connected to what, with quarterbacks. I mean, we saw it with LSU and Justin Jefferson. I don't know. Um, I think Chris Olave has a lot to prove still. I, he might be more likely to stay than Davis or Myers. I mean, he does, but with uh, Davis and Myers showed so much last year. And with I mean, Chris Olave, uh, now you're getting thrown the ball from a true freshman. So just to be clear about this. All right. Steven is five and three. 
Nathan, what are we, what are we, if you don't want to be nicknamed five and three, Nathan, we're going to, we, you don't think they can win the big 10 title though. If Justin Fields doesn't play, is that a correct characterization of your position or how can I, I would say, you? I don't think they can go undefeated. Okay. I don't think they can go undefeated, Nathan. Okay. So having been, this is one of the great, I don't know if it's a line stolen from somewhere else. Um, or if he invented it himself, but we've talked about it before, Nathan, Aaron Sorkin on the West Wing. And there's this great scene where, uh, where Josh is having some PTSD and, and Leo says, tells a story about, maybe we already talked about it on the podcast. Do we already talk about it in the podcast? There's a guy down in a hole and uh, like a priest walks by and, and the guy yells up, Hey, can you give me some help? And the priest throws down a prayer and the therapist walks by and the guy yells up, Hey, can you help me out? And the therapist throws down some advice or whatever. And then a, a friend walks by and the guy yells up and say, says, Hey, um, can you give me some help? And the friend jumps down in the hole and, and the guy says, well, why did you do that? Why would you jump down in the hole with me? And the friend says, because I've been down here before and I know the way out. And it's like a great, it's just such a empathetic moment of like, I'm gonna, I'm not going to stay up here above you. I'm going to go down in the hole with you. So I'm going to tell you guys that I've been down in that nine and three hole before. And right now you guys are digging yourself a hole. And if you yell up to me, Hey, I'm down in this hole. <laughs> I'm throwing dirt on you. <laughs> See ya. I'm out of the hole. Good luck in the hole. It sucks down there. Five and three, Steven. That's on the books. I, I don't care. I, they might, they can say they're playing a 10 game season. You're still five and three, Steven, and you are, can't go undefeated, Nathan. And I'm still, I'm optimistic, Doug, now. I'm out of the nine and three hole. So I'm not jumping down in your hole. Good luck. I'm not jumping down in your hole, Buckeye talk. I'm going to, I'm every, I don't, I don't every day, yeah. dirt, dirt on, dirt in your hole every day, every podcast until the season <laughs> starts in January. Well, I don't know. I mean, you guys, you guys doubt them. I, I think they could be good. I mean, I don't know. You guys doubt them. Um, just to make sure we, everybody knows where we stand. Not that we didn't know before. We'll be right back on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk for the second, qu- the second question. <laughs> we do forty-five wow. minutes per question. <laughs> wow. Question two. This is the Friday pod, and it just becomes the Saturday pod, <laughs> and maybe the Sunday afternoon <laughs> yeah. pod before it's over. It's like, welcome back. We're still here. 216, haven't listened to the latest pod, but if the spring season happens and there are no more opt-outs, will Ohio State win every game by three touchdowns? So this is the reverse of that, which is let's say Ohio State keeps all their guys. And again, it's not like Rondale Moore and Micah Parsons and Rashad Bateman are coming back and, and Mayfield from Michigan, they're not coming back. They already opted out. I, I the other side of it, will they blow everybody out? Like are, with Justin Fields, are they so much better? I think we've talked about this before, but the specific answer to this question, Stephen, you're nodding your head. Are they so much better that it would almost be a non-competitive January and February if Justin Fields is out there? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a disappointment if they don't beat everybody by at least 21 points, especially what we know now with guys who have opted out of playing already. I thought even with every with everybody having a full roster and things being normal, Ohio State was clearly the more dominant team in the Big Ten. So now you take away a guy like, you know, Micah Parsons or Rashad Bateman off the field or anybody else. Yes, they should have an expectation that every game is won by 21 or more and that in most of these games, the entire fourth quarter is being played by your second string just to get those guys experience because you know those guys are going to have to turn around in the fall and play another season. 
You agree with that, Nathan? I would probably, if, if I were betting, I'd probably still take Penn State plus 20 and a half, I guess, um, just because I think Penn State's pretty strong. I don't know that Micah Parsons alone makes them so vulnerable that now they're just getting walked over like any other team in the Big Ten. But I, I think the other intriguing thing here is that one of the, the plans that's been floated for the fall is playing a lot of indoor games, which benefits Ohio State significantly. They can go out and, especially with what they have on offense right now, if Justin Fields is playing, if they keep everybody else in that group, man, they can they can go out and have some really fun track meets. And I think that's going to make them even more potent um, and even tougher team to beat for most of the teams in the Big Ten. So I would I would still take Penn State to lose to them probably in that case, but, but lose to them by kind of the score that we've become accustomed to in that rivalry here in the last few years. And I think they'd probably pretty much trounce everybody else. So I'll jump here with it in, in real quickly with a thing that I've been promising um, that I'm going to bring next week. And that's going to be at some point, maybe even – Monday, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for Monday. I'm going to give you guys some tough love. And not, not Stephen and Nathan, the people listening uh, and the tech subscribers. And um, it's for your own good. I don't know if you want to hear it, but it's for your own good. And I understand that people are, like, really upset about this right now, and, and you should be. And you should be upset about how this decision was derived upon. But at some point, you got to be ready for what's next. And at some point, you've got to have perspective that a lot of people have lost things in this pandemic that are important to them, more important than college football. And I just, we have to distinguish the, the situation for the players and the parents. This is like a once in a lifetime thing. They're losing rare opportunities. For a fan, I mean, you have 50 of these, 70, 90, 30. You have years and years and years of being an Ohio State fan. This is one. This is a, a percentage of your Ohio State fandom. And they'll be fine, and you'll be fine. So you guys are going to have to get over it at some point. And, and we'll go into it more later. But if you, we need to do a Tough Love podcast, if I still keep getting the vibe from texters, you can be mad. But, and, and at some point, Ohio State and its leadership, you can't tweet a fight hashtag on top of everything in perpetuity. Because at some point, I think you start sending a message to your fans that is no longer helpful. And it's not acceptance, but it's the fight has to move on to something else. You can't fight backwards all day. So it doesn't mean that you let Kevin Warren off the hook. Or it doesn't mean that you, give, you forget this stuff. But it can't be the only thing that occupies you. And I do think there is a little bit of a sense of privilege of being an Ohio State fan. And I guess maybe I'll, this is my whole tough love argument. And I think I'm going to write about it. I haven't written much lately. I keep saying I'm going to write about this. And it's like, we talk so much. I would argue, I don't even know if it's an argument. I think every season, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, that was on the YouTube video. If we put this up, that was actual counting on my hands, which I've often talked about. I think people dispute sometimes, does a grown man actually count on his fingers? I just did. That's seven seasons. I think for the last seven seasons, every single Ohio State game, other than the Bulls, once they didn't make the playoff, every other Ohio State game has had national title implications because every single time they've taken the field, they were a national title contender. It was still out there for them. They weren't eliminated by previous losses, and they took the field knowing that if we win, we stay on track for at least a chance at it, and if we lose, we're probably dead. That's seven years of that. That's not how most people operate. And that's why this is the privilege of being an Ohio State fan is what makes this so tough. 
So if we are going to live in a world in January and February where it feels like, what's the point? We can't win a national title. If that's how every college football fan looked at every season, 97% of the teams wouldn't have any fans. If Ohio State plays a season in the, in the winter where there is no national title at stake, where the season starts and you know we can't win the national title, you know what that's like? That's like being an Indiana football fan. That's being an Iowa football fan. That's being a Minnesota football fan. That's being a Rutgers football fan. That's being a Maryland football fan. That's being practically a Michigan football fan. You start the season and you kind of know. So what's the point? Well, the point is everything else. The point is you like watching your players. The point is the game for three hours is interesting. The point is guys make great plays. The point is you have something to talk about with your friends. So in 2012, Ohio State played a season knowing they couldn't win a national title because they were banned from the postseason. Did you watch? Did you care? Did they have good players? Did they have fun games? So if, the only, if you're out on a, on a winter season, if you're out because you think all the good players are going to leave and it's going to look like scrimmages, that's a point to make, and we'll see what happens. But if you're out because you can't win a title, welcome to life as a college football fan for everybody but the top 3%. And when Ohio State in 2008 lost to USC 35-3 to in the second week of the season, it was over. They weren't winning the national title that year. They'd gone to the national title game for two straight years. They lose 35-3. to Those guys come back. It's over. Did you watch? Did they have a fun season? Was it interesting? It was interesting and fun for reasons other than chasing a national title. So that's how it would be in January. And at some point, for your own good, I would encourage you to move on. I'm not saying today, I'm not saying today, I'm not saying today, but eventually, and so I, I think there's some people who need to hear that. I've texted some, a version of that and some people have pushed back against it, but mostly when people push back, they say, but yeah, this is going to suck. And it's like, uh, if your only standard is, I want us to be competing for a national title. And if we're not, I don't care realize that's what you're saying. So I know it hurts more right now because of the way last season ended and because of how good they are and how good Justin Fields is. But realize lots of people have had things taken away in this pandemic. Realize they'll be back in that spot someday. Realize you have decades of being an Ohio State fan, both in your past and in your future. And realize that most of the people like you who love teams they'll never get to experience the thing that you've experienced every game for seven years. So if you have one season without it, I think you'll be okay. I'm not saying don't be sad. I'm saying at some point you've really got to be able to move past it. And that's why I'm in on the January plan, because I think it can be meaningful in a different way. I think it can be fun in a different way. I think there still be, can be some carrots out there. And yeah, of course, with Justin Fields, it'll be a lot better. But even if there's not Justin Fields, I hope if you're a real Ohio State fan, you can find ways to watch it and, and think it's valuable and enjoy yourself. Tell me, think, do you, do you, where, 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 where am I right or wrong there, Stephen? I agree. I think it will be easier to, to have that stance once there's a plan. It's, right now it's easier to just be upset and to you know, downplay Kevin Warren every day because we are, no one's sure what's next yet. Once there's a finite, finite plan put out and everybody knows where this is headed, I think it's easier to get behind something once you can see it. And there are some people who their pushback is they're not going to play in January. That's a pipe dream. 
And if that's how you feel, you're not then complaining about a January season. You just think talking about it is silly because there's no point because it's not going to happen. I, and I've made people keep, I mean, it's like, I know you can't listen to every podcast. I've made, the, I've made the point 15 different times, 15 different ways. Why I think from a Big Ten perspective, the knowledge you would gain from watching other, other groups play football, just the added time, the saliva testing, um, more, more medical data, you would have a reaction to how everybody sort of reacted to it. I just think there's a million things that, that do would contribute to playing in, in January. Nathan, before we move on, is there anything you would like to add to my uh, tough love rant? No, I just, I, I know that it's hard, but kind of like what you're saying, like I don't think we've even scratched the surface of some of the things that there are to be optimistic about or things that, that are sort of silver linings in this situation. Um, we can go into them more later once we find out what exactly the January plan is, but um and I just there's a real opportunity here for Ohio State and the Big Ten to be showcased and in a way that they aren't even in just in the fall when they're mixed in with everybody else. Um, I think that's a that's a secondary thing. Obviously, everyone's obviously everyone's preference would be to be having a season this fall. But if, if circumstances don't allow it, that doesn't mean that the winter is trash. Right. Not as good, but not worthless. And we'll get into that more later. And I do think, Stephen, your point of when we have a concrete plan, that will help people deal with a little bit more. So, I mean, if you don't like, if you, if you think you can text me, and tell me I'm wrong. That's okay. You pay for the right to tell me I'm wrong, just like my wife does. From the 614, from our guy, Kenny Stabler, does this whole process sour Ryan Day on the college experience and make it more likely he jumps to the NFL when he can? Ryan Day is frustrated. I don't think anybody would dispute that. I think Ryan Day is incredibly frustrated. But, but Nathan, do you feel like, you know, the NFL's plan, again, some of the stuff we've talked about it a little bit, this hard, fast, specific question from Kenny Stabler, do you think this makes Ryan Day want to leave and go to the NFL where they just play football and they don't have to worry about this other stuff? Well, the NFL's trying to play. We don't know for sure that the NFL will play. So we have to keep rem- – I know that sounds like a broken record. We have to keep reminding people that the SEC, the NFL, we don't know if they're actually going to get to play yet. It's all based on people kind of are sometimes taking the present – circumstances and assuming they'll definitely apply. And I think we need to be careful of that. But um, I, I think there might be something to that. I, I think that at the NFL level, um, things are just handled a different way. You don't have to deal with as much of this stuff. Now, I think it would it would further make Ryan Day probably an advocate. I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I would think it would make him even more of an advocate for changing the way college sports are run a little bit and maybe giving more power to the athletes and letting it be run more like a professional environment. I think that would benefit a place like Ohio state and it would help you as you've talked about with, with, with putting them more athletes more into this conversation. I think it streamlines the process and and makes it a little bit more equitable for everybody. So I think he'd probably be more of an advocate for that, but guess where they already have that the NFL. Do you agree? Steven? Yeah, no, I don't agree. I understand just because at the end of whether you're in a fellow high school, it's a little more you know, easier to make decisions like this because you're not stuck in the middle like you are in college football. But I'm just going to repeat something that a recruit told me when I asked him about if this changes the way he views the Big Ten. And so he said, no, it doesn't really change anything. And I think for, for Ryan Day, it doesn't really change how he views college football. And the reason the recruit used was – this is a once-in-a-lifetime weird situation that we're in right now. It's not an every-year thing. And you can't let what's going on right now when things are much weirder than maybe they've been in 100 years in this country, you know, affect how things are going to look two or three years from now or even next fall. Things could go back to normal next sep- September, and then it doesn't matter. And so, no, no, I don't think he's, it's changed his timeline of, 
oh, okay, I'm going to be out of here on the first thing smoking to go to the NFL. I still think he's going to be here for like 10 years and then go to the NFL. Yeah, but I don't think this moved up that timeline in my head. It's a question from uh, Dougie Boy in the 614. Why is there more anger in the Big Ten? This is me, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say that. Named Dougie Boy. That's what I call myself when I'm talking to my body. I say, hey, Dougie Boy. Why is there more anger in the Big Ten than the Pac-12? Is it because the, the Pac-12 better explained the decision to cancel? Is it because the Pac-12 doesn't have a national title contender like Ohio State, so there isn't a fan base to go and be as upset as Ohio State fans have been, although certainly other programs, notably Nebraska, have been upset? Or is it because there's just a different football culture in the Pac-12 and perhaps the, the fans in the Pac-12 in general aren't as committed and as into it as Ohio State and Nebraska and Iowa and Penn State fans? Um, the answer is yes. Okay. All of those things. <laughs> isn't it? Like, isn't, I think all of those things are a factor here. I think the Big Ten is more of all of those things. And so then by the outrage is kind of amplified a little bit. Or outrage maybe is a tough word, but the, the, the discontent is amplified a little bit. I think the Big Ten gave less detail and less explanation up front. And the Big Ten is more passionate about football and does have more nationally relevant, you know, it has Ohio State and it has, which is one of the, obviously one of the most vocal programs in this whole thing. So all of those things are true. All of those things are a combination of why I think that the, the um, anger has been louder in the Big Ten than it has been in the Pac-12. Although the other, the other thing to remember here is sometimes three-fourths of the country just kind of forgets about what's happening on the West Coast too. Yeah, one, I think the Pac-12 is probably the worst conference right now when it comes to college football. But also, I think it's really easy to say that when you live in this bubble, right? We're, we live in Big 12 country. We're in the heart of it. And so that's what you see every day This is this type of anger. I think if we were covering Oregon and we were around those fans on a daily basis, I mean, I don't know if the anger would be just as high as it is in the Big 12, but I think there's still plenty of anger going on out there that there's no season. Actually, uh, I wanna throw, I'm going to throw in a fourth thing, though. I think – and I don't want to start a whole thing here, but potentially a different political climate and how they look at the pandemic on the West Coast as opposed to the Big Ten. Yeah, California is still stuck inside. They're not getting out anytime soon, so that might play a role. And Washington was hit very hard at the start. Washington, yeah. Oregon, like all those places are typically more um, – they just have – on average, it's a different political environment there than it is on average in the Big Ten country. They probably didn't think there would be a fall season anyway, while there seemed to be a lot of hope in the Big Ten. I keep talking about the sticky middle of college football that I, it is just more complicated, I think. And then I think the big 10 is more complicated than any other conference. And I think like Ohio state is more complicated than any other team in the big 10 because it is, it is a little bit of, it is a, well, that's not a lot. It's a lot of both things. And that, People always talk about how the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have a lot in common. They've always, they've always done things together traditionally. They've always been um, – it's interesting. They've always been like kind of more of a, of a conservative conference in terms of like holding on to tradition and those kind of things. I mean, they didn't want to give up the Rose Bowl, and they screwed up the playoff for decades. But, but yet the part of the country that they're in, um, there are just some things in common between the Big Ten and the Pac-12, but Ohio State operates more like an SEC program. So when you start drawing the dividing lines here, it's like, it's, it's, try, it's hard to figure out like which, which side of the fence does Ohio State fit on 
And frankly, I think it's the Big Ten fits with the Pac-12, but Ohio State actually fits with the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 more than more that way. So um, I think it is very complicated. But but I, Stephen, I don't know this for sure. I don't think that if we, I mean, I don't know. Oregon's quarterback isn't on Good Morning America. I know that. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't think if we covered Oregon, it's like this. I don't think it's. But if we covered Northwestern or yeah, that's what I do or Rutgers or Maryland, it's also not like this. It's like this at Ohio State and Nebraska and Iowa, maybe right. Um, but I do think it's different. So, all right, last last question. This is from uh, Lay Miz in the six one four. Is this you as well? This is also me. This okay. is the other name for the other part of my body. I have my different parts of my body have different names. Do you think the SEC fears oh a fan reaction about canceling given how the Big Ten has reacted? So, so it's actually a two-part question. Lady Miz wasn't specific enough. Do you think that <laughs> – Let's just leave it there. <laughs> if you – it's like everybody who's ever called me Lay Miz in my life thinks they're the first person to ever call me Lay Miz. Yeah. It's like, I, I get, get that it. with uh, Nate Dog. People think yeah. it's hilarious. Like, oh, Nate Dog. Like, yeah, that rapper that died. People always five years ago. People always ask me, "Am I mean?" or "What do you mean?" Yeah. I'm like, all right, get it. You're so original. It's fine. The texters can call us whatever they want, but otherwise, just don't call us that anymore. Um, so it's two things. A, do you think? the Big Ten, the negative reaction in the Big Ten would have any influence on how the SEC and ACC and Big 12 view potential cancellation if they feel like they get to that point. And B, if the SEC canceled football, would people be outside the president's house with torches and pitchforks? And I, I don't even know how much I'm exaggerating there. If Ohio State fans are this mad, how mad would Alabama fans get? Or if the SEC cancels, they would probably be the last holdout, so nobody's playing, so then they wouldn't have that, mad, that much to be mad about. Nathan, what do you think of those two questions? If you reverse the timeline and the SEC were the first conference to come out and cancel football and all these other conferences are still playing, then I think you would see what you have now in the Big Ten magnified. You would have a power of 10 beyond that. It would be people would be like, how or how are the how is the SEC of all conferences canceling football and everybody else gets to play? There would be um, chaos. Uh, if you think what's going on in the Big Ten right now, uh, as far as people um, kind of riled up a little bit, it would be nothing compared to what would be going on in the SEC. But under the current timeline, where the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have already st stepped aside and said we can't play, if the SEC got to a point now where it said we've reevaluated, probably because there are going to be there would have to be some probably um, outbreaks that go along with this that triggered this, I would assume. So they start, they can point to that and they can point to the conferences that already aren't playing and say, you know what? We, we've decided it's more prudent to do what they're doing. We're going to not play football this fall and we're going to come back and do it January, February, March, whenever they decide to do it. And I think that that would go over a lot better because they have the cover now of the other conferences who've already stepped aside. I'm not going to say that they're, everybody down there is going to take it laying down, but I don't think it would be nearly the outrage as if the SEC went first and everybody else was still playing, which is what the Big Ten's dealing with right now. I think either way, they'd be calling for Greg Sankey's head on a stake. But I think I agree with that. It, no, it's it, – I. they don't care about a pandemic. We play football down here. That's what we do on Fridays and Saturdays. High school on Friday, college on Saturday. 
That's what we do. I don't care if your leg is falling off your body. You're going to get your butt out there and play. That's uh, No, there's going to be no understanding. It doesn't matter if they're first or they're last. They can, they can get all the way through the first seven games and then cancel, and they're still going to be upset. No, it doesn't matter. I think I agree with both of you because I think Nathan's idea that if it was reversed, the SEC reaction would be 10 times what it is in the Big Ten right now. It's not reversed. So in the way it actually happened, I think if the SEC at any point does end up canceling, the, the pushback would be very similar to what the Big Ten is now. That if it was reversed, it would be 10 times more. But even though, yes, the Big Ten gave them cover and even they'd be the, they were the last holdout, I still think, okay, it, it, they would be below their peak anger, but the anger still would look a lot like the anger looks like now. I don't think they would just accept it. I think they'd say, well, we don't want to be like the Big Ten. Like, yeah, like what Steven said, we don't, I don't, who cares what the Big Ten did? They're a bunch of wusses. We're not like that. Um, and that might not, that might be unfair. I don't know. I mean, like we don't live there. Uh, I'm not unfair. saying, yeah, I'm not saying there wouldn't be any consternation. I just think, especially if it's going along with, like I said, outbreaks, if they're shutting down campuses and things like that, I think I, I'm giving our, our Southern uh, uh, brothers and sisters some credit that uh, some reason would, would sneak into the conversation, especially if they know that they can have a shot at playing in the winter or spring. Yeah. Oh, Northwestern's tackle just opted out too. Um, the best tackle, the best left tackle in the Big Ten just opted out, Rashawn Slater at Northwestern, which uh, means Thayer Munford is moving up the ranks of good Big Ten tackles. Um, so is Paris Johnson. Yeah. So is Dewan Jones. <laughs> yeah. Paris they Johnson might be two, be a, three, four. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be a top ten offensive tackle in the Big Ten by December. Which just goes back to, I mean, goes back to the the conversation we had, you know, of like, well, Ohio State with or without Justin Fields, you know, I mean, the, the guys are leaving. Guys are leaving. And so um, this is a little, uh, it's a little unfortunate. Ryan Day is right, I think, on the January plan. You got to get it out fast. Uh, it's been nine days. It's not out. The, the faster they get it out, the better chance they have. I don't know that it, that means it keeps guys in January, but concrete ideas at least give you more of a shot. And so I, I think until those plans come out, um, you, you, still, you might see more guys like this take off because they don't know what they're sticking around for. And to your point, I mean, again, I might be pie in the sky and thinking that Ohio State's best players would stick around for January. Um, and, and I do – I mean, I do agree – I do agree with the idea that if you lose the 40 best players in the league, then it is going to feel like JV to, to a much greater degree. Doesn't, I don't think make it worthless, but the more good players you can keep around uh, the more real January will feel. So we'll figure something out for market down Monday. We're going to be able to reset over the weekend, get a firm grasp of where we are. Well, I swear I'll get the restaurant bracket stuff going. Uh, we'll start planning out, what we're going to do on this podcast in the next several months. Uh, we had talked about this. I don't think you guys, I don't think the listeners are ready for it yet, but the idea of who you should root for in the fall or who you should. And I think part of the interesting thing is how it's like how you watch fall football as an Ohio state fan. I think rooting against people might be really fun, right? That that would be the most enjoyable thing for people. It's like, well, what do you, it's like, I'm rooting for whoever plays Clemson, right? 
I'm a Wake Forest fan this week. I'm a Boston College fan this week. Or are there teams you could adopt? Could you adopt Luke Fickle in Cincinnati? Could you adopt Jeff Halfley in Boston College? Could you adopt, you know, could you, could you decide that you really like what Oklahoma does because you think Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day are kind of the same? Um, I think there's, there's interesting things there. I just I don't think you guys are ready to go down that road quite yet. So I think we have some time to get to that. Maybe we'll do that like a week from now. I don't think we're going to force that on you for Monday to say, okay, your team isn't playing. So who are you going to root for instead, person who has loved Ohio State since they were a baby? Um, so thanks for hanging with us. 614-350-3315 for the texts. Readcleveland.com slash OSU. Drop the reviews. We always appreciate, appreciate those. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back on Monday with something good. We promise you that. But for now, for Nathan and Steven, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>